Hello, friends, and welcome back to the To The Heights podcast, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. My name is Olivia Colombo, and I am a young Catholic changemaker, and I'm so excited to be continuing this journey of talking to people who are making true change in our church and in our world. Our podcast is inspired by the words of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati and his catchphrase, Verso Lealto, which means To The Heights. We take on his charism of caring for the poor and the vulnerable in quiet and beautiful ways, which is what this season is all about. Our third season is called Hope in Humanity, and so far we have had the incredible opportunity to be interviewing people who are focusing on social justice in both secular and faithful ways, um, and truly just leaving a mark on the world and caring for the poor, the vulnerable, those in need, those who are sick, um, and teaching others to do the same in radical and big ways. So, today's guest, um, I am very excited to share with you because it, it's a little bit of a full circle episode. Today's guest is Monica Lacochore. She and I met my first semester at BC, which, as I'm going into my years of being an upperclassman, is kind of a nice way to circle back. Um, ironically, um, she, one of my first um, assignments for the torch. Um, we were looking for the torches, Boston College's Catholic newspaper, um, which I, this upcoming year will be taking the position of editor in chief of, um, but way back at the beginning of my freshman year, um, I was assigned a culture article and I wanted to write about, um, this event that was happening in the Archdiocese of Boston that I didn't really know too much about, but I had seen it a lot on Facebook, um, and I knew that I wanted to go, and I also knew that it might be fun to dig a little deeper, um, and learn a little bit more, which is honestly where most of my articles came from. It was me being curious about something and wanting to learn more, more, and then wanting to, like, turn it into an article, um, and kind of blame my curiosity on wanting to know, um, why things were the way they were, um, on the fact that I was a journalist and <laughs> that I was digging deeper for a story. But, um, now I've turned that into a podcast. But anyway, um, there was this concert, um, called the Build a Faith Concert, and in September of 2018, and it was in memory of this beautiful little girl, Christina, who passed away from cancer, um, in, when she was 11 in 2018, um, January of 2018, so nine months after, um, this concert became, um, a way to fundraise for this nonprofit that was created, founded by her, and is continued in her memory called Build the Faith, and it does quite that, um, it is kind of a rosary evangelization organization that builds churches in, um, rural third world countries and kind of underserved communities, um, so far, they have built a number of different churches um, in Colombia, actually in Monica's hometown, which she'll tell us about, um, which was a total god wink. Um, Argentina, Nicaragua, um, and now they are working on finishing a church in Ghana. Um, and they do all of that through donations, through making rosaries, teaching people how to pray the rosary, um, going into CCD and religious ed classes, teaching them how to make and pray rosaries, and then helping them sell it for the cause. Um Anyway, we will learn all about that from Monica, but Monica is Christina's mom, um, and it is just an absolute joy to talk to her about Christina's life um, and how their family was impacted by 
such vibrant, incredible, and truly saintly faith of an 11-year-old who battled a very aggressive form of cancer for a long time. She talks about the priests that came into their lives. She talks about how they became part of the Pauline Holy Family Institute, which last week's guest, um, or our last episode's guest, Tommy Tai, his family also recently entered that. Um, So it was good to talk about that as well. Um, And to talk about kind of the practical nature of what actually happens from like selling rosaries to like how do you build churches with that money um so without further ado here is monica's story of reaching to the heights all right welcome back to the to the heights podcast today i have a very exciting guest who i'm so excited to talk to Um, Would you like to tell us your name, where you're from? Yes, um, thank you for having me here. It's a blessing to be uh, part of this podcast today. Uh, My name is Monica Lacouture. I was born in Colombia, South America, and I've been in the U.S. for the past 25 years. Wow, wow. Um, And we met two years ago. We met first semester of my freshman year at BC um, when I was reporting on an event that we'll talk about later. Um, but would you like to briefly give me an overview of who you are and what Build the Faith is all about? Okay, um, to start, I'm a Catholic. I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school back in Colombia and then went to a Catholic university. Um, but as most of us um, of Catholic nowadays, you know, I was a very lukewarm Catholic and um, growing um, in the faith, uh, in the way that I wanted the faith to work around me and not me around the faith. I was not having a personal relationship with God at the moment. I was following um, going, the mandatory, let's say it at the moment, things that were expecting from us Catholic to go to church. I was taking my kids uh, to church. Uh, they had, they were baptized. I got married in the Catholic church, uh, but it was more of a requisite of being Catholic that feeling and living my Catholic faith. Um, Back in 2012, I went to a retreat in uh, Miami, Florida. And at that retreat, something changed. And I started to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I couldn't understand how, if I have gone to a Catholic school, a Catholic university, I have never felt that relationship with him before. And I realized at that moment, you know, that I had this Father, God in heaven, um, that have given me everything because I had been very blessed throughout my life. Um, everything that I needed and wanted, um, you know, I had it. And to that point, I never realized that I had everything because he had given me everything. Mm-hmm. And then I came from that retreat with um, the most beautiful, I was in love with Jesus. I was mm-hmm. in love with um, God, in love with my faith. And I thought, oh, finally, you know, for the first time in my life, I have found something to look forward. I had found a space. I knew what I wanted to do in life. And then, um, in the peak of this enjoyment and joyful life, uh, our youngest daughter, Christina, who was six years at the time, was diagnosed with a very malignant type of cancer. Uh, and we started a very strong journey with her. And, um, you know, I can tell you more a little bit along the way, but because of her faith in our journey in, um, with her cancer, we ended up having Build the Faith that is a nonprofit that I run now dating, was created, uh, inspired by Christina's faith. Um, she was a co-founder with my husband and myself and here we are a few years later yeah yeah and you've had such a beautiful journey since um which i'm sure we'll talk about 
Um, do you want to talk about Christina's story a little bit? Yeah, so Christina um, was a very joyful, active, we call little girl at the age of six, very curious. Um, she started to show um, a different type of faith than the faith that I had when I was growing up. And she was really, really curious about CCD and going to religious education. It was very important to her. And she, being a little girl at six years of age, she was really behaving as mass and she wanted to pay attention to mass. And, um, you know, back in 2012, like I said, December, she was given a few weeks to leave. She had a very malignant type of cancer, an alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma sarcoma with more than 15 metastases in her body. So she was not expected to make it throughout the year, or at least for a few months. Uh, it's a very aggressive type of cancer, and she was given only a 10% chance of survival. Uh, at the time, like I said, I have been to this retreat in Miami and had started this personal relationship with God and felt in love with Jesus, that I understood, you know, that nothing in this earth happens without God allowing it to happen. And when he allows them to happen, it's for a greater reason and a greater good. And in Christina's case, you know, she was given to us. She was the same that my older two kids. I have two older boys. Um, they were gifts from heaven to us and he had all the right to take them back whenever he needed to take them back. Uh, at the moment, my husband and I just asked him, if you want to take her back, you can take her back. But if you feel that we can still give her some more happiness here on earth, let her stay with us mm -hmm. until you know that it's time for her to go. So um, Christina started treatment. Uh, we were told, you know, the treatment was going to make her feel very uncomfortable. She was going to be sent into bed because of the type of cancer. She was getting five sessions of chemo a week, Monday through Friday. It was very intense, very aggressive. Um, Luckily for us and for her, she started to tolerate the chemo like she was not receiving any chemo. So for the doctors were surprised, everyone was surprised that they were saying to us, you know, if we didn't know that we're giving what we're giving her to her, we would think that they're not giving her the correct doses of chemotherapy. And um, she started to enjoy life, go to classes, go to school, be a little girl, joyful girl in the middle of all her treatments. So she went through one full year of treatment, very aggressive chemos and radiation both together. And um, during that first year, we started to talk about Jesus. And as a mom, I was worried, you know, that she will become afraid because around you, when you go to the Jamie Fund, you see kids and that you become friends with and they go back to God mm. often, very more often than what you would want it to see. So I wanted her to feel comfortable about death around her. And we started to talk about God and Jesus. And I thought I was the one giving her the lesson. And mm. she started to give me the <laughs> lessons, which was amazing. I have no idea that she had this very strong faith that most of the time she said, you know, mom, I don't know where, where it comes from, but it just comes into my mind. And she mm -hmm. started to teach me stories. And so she started to talk about Jesus and how she was willing to go back to God if God needed her um, in heaven. Um, she would say to me that she was not going to ask him to heal her. If he need her in heaven, she was going back. And I said, well, Christina, heaven is full of angels. You know, we need you here. And she said, mama, you don't understand. Heaven is full of um." Um, you don't understand if God need me in heaven, I'm going to heaven. Um, family doesn't go before God. Uh, it's God, Jesus, our lady, and then it's you don't tell God. So her faith started to become stronger. Um, we have no idea how, because as you know, she just attended religious education for two months before being diagnosed and then she couldn't attend it anymore. 
Um, and then she started to pray before every single chemo and started to say to the nurses that she needed to wait for her to pray. So she would pray and then she would say, Jesus, I trust in you. And we tell the nurse, you know, Jesus is here. You can go ahead and give me the needle where she was going to get her chemotherapy. So um, beautiful faith, strong faith. Uh, I've taught us to accept whatever God wanted from your life. She would say to him at the end of the night, in her prayer do with my life whatever you want to do with them mm. so um the first year of chemo passed she was not supposed to be here and there she was so she went back to school back in 2014 and winter 2000 january 2014 and i have promised our lady um that as soon as she went back to school or if she was in heaven with them regardless um, of god's decision with my daughter i would not go back to work and I will start showing everyone the faith that she has shown me and the peace and the love that God has brought to me throughout her treatment with all these people around us, with all these prayer groups, with all these priests that became closer to us because it's been an amazing journey. You know, we got close to two wonderful priests, Father Michael Harrington and Father Edward Riding from the Holy Family Institution um, of the Pauline family, which we are part of, right? now um so our life and our journey just changes keeps changing and it's all because of christina's life and the way that she accepted her cross and the way that she lived her cross and the way that she believed in god she knew that he was the way the truth and the life and honestly she did believe in that yeah wow i'm, I'm always just so blown away by her story and just like i don't know how how she left truly a mark and just like a, a wake um that continues and continues and just keeps going. Um, that's so, so beautiful. Now, how did you, at what point did you found Build the Faith with her? How did that start? So once she went back to school, I started to have a rosary prayer group out of my house to give thanks to Our Lady for everything that she had given to us. And I wanted all my friends to start a personal relationship with Jesus and Our Lady the way that I started mine before I got my cross. Um, Christina got her cross. And I've always said to my friends, um, don't start looking for Jesus in the middle of the trial, because when we're in the middle of the trial, we're going to be demanding from him what we want to get through the trial instead of understanding and accepting what he wants to give you. And it's how the, the way that Christina did. And um, so I started this rosary group and we started to pray. And along the way, one of the women from the rosary group brought a video that she wanted to show us from a priest in South America that was built, wanted to build a church, but he did not have the resources. And um, she wanted us, all the people from the group to get together and send me maybe a few couple of dollars to, you know, hundred dollars to the priest back in South America. And I told Christina that night, you know, they, um, the story about the priest in Colombia, which is my country. Um, and I said, you know, when I went to this retreat in Miami, they were making these rosaries to make money and raise money. They were setting them to pay for whoever wanted to attend their retreat and didn't have the funds to attend their retreat. So I said, I can ask them if they can teach us and maybe you and I can make, you know, some groceries and with the money, we can help this prison. She was into arts and crafts. She loved arts and crafts. And um, so we started to make the groceries. And at that moment, um, Christina had a website, um, Facebook web, prayer site called One Million Prayers in English for Christina. And then we had the one in Spanish, Un Million de Oraciones for Christina. And there were like 50,000 people praying for her at the time. And people started to see her making these rosaries to help this church being built. And everyone wanted 
Christina's rosaries, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what started like, you know, thinking of us, we're going to help with a few rosaries, you know, we started to get all these requests, 200 rosaries, 300 rosaries, 400 rosaries, and the money started to come in. And we're like, at this point, we really have to have a nonprofit. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get in trouble, you know, um, mm -hmm. if we continue to get uh, the money that way. So um, Build the Face started, uh, it was created then, and we helped to finish this first church in Colombia. And what is beautiful and amazing how God works. It's like the church, when we said yes, we didn't, we have no idea in what city it was the church going to be built. Once we said yes, this friend said, I'm gonna find out where is the church. And it was in my hometown. Wow. So I was blown away. I was like, how God works. And not yeah. even that, but the church was gonna be called Our Lady of Guadalupe. And Christina was diagnosed on the day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So it was no coincidence, right? And um, when we met, went years after for the inauguration of the church, Christine and I were there and we we're walking with the priest and I said, Father, can you tell me what day do you set up the first stone in this church? Because when we met him, he had already started. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, the first stone of this church was laid down on December 12, 2012. <laughs> and I said to him, do you know that Christina was diagnosed on December 12, 2012? He had no idea. He knew she had been diagnosed on Our Lady of Guadalupe, but he had no idea in what year she was. Yeah. So I said to him, you know, you started your church and we started our journey in faith with Christina and Our Lady and God. So it was beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. how the whole thing started. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And then where did you go after you built that first church? So after we built that church, Christina passed away. Um, we inaugurated the church in uh, August 2017, and Christina went back to God on January 2018. Mm. Um, but then um, you start having doubts. You know, this is a nonprofit that was created because of her spirit, her faith, her joy. She was the instrument that God had chosen. And we thought that it wasn't going to continue we thought you know people are not going to continue to support that but we forgot and usually i you know as human we forget um god things are god things and he mm -hmm. just uses the people in the moment that he needs them and he will continue his work uh, he doesn't stop when he starts we just have to say yes so the volunteers continue the rosaries continue we continue to receive um money from the rosary cells and um a project came along the way. I was giving a testimony of my life and my faith back in Chile. And at the end of the testimony, an aunt came to me and said, I have friends, nuns in Argentina who are building a convent and they need help and they don't have the money. So mm -hmm. I brought it, I brought the project to the States and um, presented to the board of Build the Faith and it was approved. So we ended up helping these nuns in Chile. After that, um, when we were done, God again brought us another project through one of the daughters of San Paul, mm. and it was to build a church in Nicaragua. So we built that church, and um, with all the hard work from these volunteers from Build the Faith, amazing people that have come along the way. There's um, an anonymous dollar that have been supporting us throughout these past years. Uh, and the work from the people in the community is a very poor community in the outskirts of Managua, but uh, an hour from an hour where people really don't have the means to live. Um, they struggle on a daily basis. They have a very heavy cross since the day that they're born. Um, so we helped them to build their church and it was inaugurated this past February 8th. Mm -hmm. So that was our third project. And at the moment, 
you know, when we're done, God sends the next one. And it's, <laughs> we don't even have to look for it. Uh, it's, it's beautiful the way that he brings them. Um, our fourth project came uh, this past January. It was Christina's second year anniversary. And I was giving another testimony of my life and build a faith in Christina at a CCD class in um, San Bartolome in Needham. Mm-hmm. And the religious education director came to me and said, I have a project that I want to present to you so that you can present it. And I, I had, I felt that, it, you know, God wanted us to do it. And at the same time, we had another project that they wanted us to help to build a retreat house in Mexico. So we ended up having two projects and I was like, how do we do now? Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you know, God will provide. Um, eventually, you know, this project um, from Ghana in Africa mm-hmm. came alone first. So we decided to help them out. Um, we started to support them in March of this year. Mm-hmm. It's a very also, usually the churches, the places that we help are places who are in the middle of nowhere, where people are really having a hard time uh, economically, psychologically, um, many struggles. This is in Keniago, Ghana, and it's a growing community. Um, they have around 2,000 to 2,500 people in the community and they had a very very old church that it was coming apart um so they were having the masses outside they're having the masses outside and um they raised some money before meeting us um for the structure Mm -hmm. and then they ran out of money and then they were left with the structure outside so when we moved alone um was from that point on and that's what we're working right now to help them to finish the church in africa wow that's so awesome um I have a few questions about um, how, so you raise the money here with like so we, making we the rosaries. So we read the rosaries, we, we get together, we pray. Um, most important thing of Christina's gift to us is the faith. Mm. And build the faith was created to evangelize, to bring Jesus to others more than anything. When we started, it wasn't just to make, build, help them build a church, but to build the physical church, which is you and me and all mm-hmm. the Catholics, we are the church. So it was to bring others to get to know Jesus and Our Lady, the way that we encounter them, the way that we were living with them, you know, losing your daughter, uh, in my case, losing a daughter is the most difficult moment in my life. I think the greatest cross that I will have to carry, but it's been amazing because it's been um, the greatest blessing to me too, you know, um, I have found love in the cross mm-hmm. and I have found uh, peace in the cross. And that's what we want to bring to others, love and the peace that comes from our Lord. And then after bringing these we- women to pray the rosary, we started to make the rosaries, we make the rosaries and then we sell the rosaries and with the proceeds, we help to build the churches. Um, but um, it's not just them in my house making the rosaries. We also go to religious education programs mm-hmm. and Catholic schools and we give them talks. Um, so we talk to them about Christina's experience and my experience and um, we talk to them about the importance of praying the rosary. Why do Catholics pray the rosary? And why do we have to meditate while we're praying? And then we teach them to make the rosaries and they make the rosary with us mm-hmm. as a community service. And when they're done the next following weekend, they help us to sell the rosaries at their churches after mass. Wow. So it's like, you know, so we evangelize, we do the social work service, and then they are able to help themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just the volunteers that are coming to my house, but all these kids, um, we've been to many different, um, to different cities around the Boston area. We've been very blessed. Like up to the COVID-19, we were scheduled every single weekend Wow. Uh, at a different church. Um, but it's, you know, God's time is God's time. And, um, mm-hmm. so we have to stop doing that at the moment. And since, uh, we were not evangelizing through these schools and religious education, we decided to go live online. Uh, we have a website and uh, one morning, uh, I felt that our lady was saying to me that she wanted me to start a blog. Mm-hmm. So we started the Build the Faith blog where we have um, three priests, uh, one nun and lay people very close to the faith writing every week about their faith, their journey and God. So, you know, we're going ways that we never thought we were gonna go, but we just go wherever God wants us to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like the pandemic has certainly pushed us all in ways that like we never we never imagined, yeah. but all very good and very timely. Yeah. Um, and I definitely will check that blog out. Who are who are some of the names of people who are writing? So Father Michael Harrington, Father yeah. Edward Riley, Riley, uh, Father Andrea Povero, my husband Fernando, and then we have some of the volunteers from Build the Faith, Debbie Egan, Paula Gomez. It's Dulce, Soler. So we have people from different backgrounds. We have married people. We have single people. We have consecrated people like Christine Dufresne that she's part. She's a consecrated mm-hmm. to the Paulines. Yeah. Um, so we have um, Colleen Donahue that works for the Pastoral Center. So we have different types of people with different experience in life. And um, I think we all have a story. Mm-hmm. We all have a journey. We all have our own crosses. And I think we all can share something with someone else. So we thought, you know, now that we're in the middle of the pandemic, why not continue with Christina mm-hmm. legacy of faith and hope and bring them to others, right? Yeah. Um, so every Sunday we, we have one new post. We post it in English and Spanish. So it's, it's, it's beautiful and it's amazing. It's so nice to see all the countries, you know, when people are longing, you can get to see the countries and you're like, oh, we're, they're seeing them from China. They're seeing them from Singapore. There's yeah. somebody in Germany. It's like, wow, God is going mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That always is fun. Like even for the podcast, like looking like, oh my goodness, we have listeners in India. Like that's so yeah. cool. Um, it's really amazing, you know, how God works. Yeah. We're all called to evangelize, right? We're all called to bring him to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I have a question about your family. So you mentioned the Pauline Holy Family Institute. Um, last week's podcast guest, also his family is also part of the Holy Family Institute, but they're out in like California. Um, What's their name? Uh, the Thai family, Tommy Thai. Um, they're, they've recently joined. Um, but would you like to talk about your family's kind of journey to that decision? And what? Yeah, so yes. Uh, like I said, uh, Christina's cross brought us an amazing journey, an amazing journey in faith. I'm not going to tell you that it's, not, it's been an easy journey. It's not been an easy journey, but uh, it has been a blessed journey. And while a few weeks into her diagnosed, um, we were introduced to Father Michael Harrington, who became uh, very close to our family and Father Edward Riley. And they were, they are part of the whole, the institution of Jesus, the priest of the Pauline family. Father Harrington wanted to create in Boston, the Holy Family Institution institution group that they already had in the West Coast and in some part of the States. And um, has, we became closer to them and in, we started to work in Christina's journey of faith. Um, we started to try to bring my friends and my husband's friends and Christina's friends 
um, to meet them, to, to pray with them. So we started every other Saturday to pray. Um, we started with adoration and then I wrote a family rosary prayers. It's a family, the Holy Family Institution, the idea is to grow as a family and has Paulines. We're here to evangelize. And for us, it worked perfect because we had this website, mm-hmm. you know, praying for Christina and she was talking about Jesus and we were talking about faith. And out of the sudden, we meet this wonderful priest who are part of this institution that the main goal is to bring the gospel evangelized through the media. So we were like, oh, this is what we belong to. So we became very involved. Um, Father Harrington is my spiritual advisor. And we started this group five year, more than five years ago, six years ago, where we meet every other Saturday, like I said, with the families and we grow in faith. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray, uh, we attend mass, adoration, the kids have their own formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with them and build the faith with uh, Father Harrington, the Holy Family, we started also um, family retreats. Mm. So we were doing a once a year family retreats. Uh, we were having between 15, 20 families attending uh, until last year. This year we have to cancel because of the events. And then we started um, two uh, women's retreats and men's retreats. We have done four men's retreats and four women's retreats. This year, because of the COVID, uh, we're going to have um, a virtual Zoom day retreat, and everyone is invited. You're invited to attend. Um, Father Harrington and Father Riley are going to be helping us running the retreat and all the spiritual part of it, and we will have a guest speaker mm-hmm. and uh, adoration and time to stop in the middle of the quietness of our home mm-hmm. and start to listen. You know, we were spending but sometimes we're so busy with the things at home that we're not just sitting down and being quiet and get to hear what Jesus and God are telling us. So that's how we ended up with Father, knowing Father Michael and Father Ed. Um, yeah, wow. And they're such beautiful priests. Pretty wow. beautiful, amazing priests. Uh, we could have not done it without their support. Um, they were there every single moment of uh, Christina's life. Mm-hmm. supporting us, encouraging us, giving us the faith, showing us what it is to believe in God and how God loved us and loved our family. And till today, they are very involved uh, with Build the Faith and we help them with um, Holy Family Institution. We are working for God at the end. So God mm-hmm. just puts, you know, people together to help each other with their own gifts. Yeah, yeah, so, so true. Um. All right, so I wanted to ask a little bit more about the, like, physical building of the churches in the convent. Like, how how does, so you raise the money with the rosaries here in the U.S., and then how does, who is on the ground building okay, the Okay, so um, the way that we created the nonprofit, we cannot support anyone who's not a Catholic uh, organization. So mm-hmm. we, because of our faith, we yeah. wanted to have because of Christina's faith, you know, we're Catholic and we wanted to help our Catholic faith to grow. Mm-hmm. We wanted to help those who have gone away from the church to get back to the church. So we, we concentrated in that. So first thing, when we get a project, they have to belong to a Catholic organization. We have to be from a Catholic. The grant have to come from a Catholic organization. So in most cases, it goes to the archdiocese of the place where we're going to help them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will send them the money uh, quarterly 
and they will send us a report quarterly. And then the archdiocese is the one in charge of finding the people to work with. Most of the time is the people from the same community. So we're not just helping them to build a church, but uh, at the same time, we're giving them job yes. to build the church. So like the priest in Ghana was so excited and happy uh, because the community is a very poor community, very young people. And he was saying, thanks to this building and the building of the church, they don't have to go to work for illegal mining, mm-hmm. which is what they were working before, you know, and away from their homes far away. So now they're staying home with their parents and they're working for their own church. So it's beautiful. You know, it's a community mm-hmm. um, yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I, I don't like that so much of like the world's, like the secular world's nonprofits end up being, um, kind of like just throwing money at places and like not really um, being mindful of how the community, how, how much it could help the community. The like, impact, the yeah. impact is big because it's not just um, spiritually, you know, um, mm-hmm. like I said, these are people who are born with crosses. They don't have yeah. a job. Yeah. They, they're abused. Like the, the nuns in, in the company in Argentina, they're helping kids who are in addiction and the moms mm-hmm. who are being abused. So those are the people who they're getting in the convent and then the one in Nicaragua is the people who are born and they don't have a bread like we complain mm-hmm. you know in the middle of the pandemic we're like you know we have to be home and we can't go to our churches but these are people who are don't have a home don't have bread and they don't have a church either yeah. like mm-hmm. like we have it in every you know here in the states here in Massachusetts like you drive and there's a catholic church everywhere you go yeah they yeah. they did not have one actually when we started to when we were gonna help in Nicaragua to build a church, we were told not to do so uh, because Nicaragua, the government, is, is against the Catholic faith. Huh. And But when God calls, you know that he's calling. And those are the places that you really have to go, the places where nobody else is going to do it because yes. the government is not going to allow you to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, if this is God's thing, he's going to make it happen. And it have never so far. And thank God, all the projects are being are, have gone so smoothly. And it doesn't mean that we may have a problem along the way and it's okay you know mm-hmm. um god did not promise us a life free from obstacles but so far everything has been so smooth and the community and the archdiocese and the volunteers here and the priests here and the people who have trusted us to give money and donate to the nonprofit so that we can continue with christina legacy and with god's purpose of all of us helping one another right yeah yeah for sure um it reminds me of, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I went to Haiti a lot in high school. Um, and we, I don't know, typical mission trip, like you end up helping build whatever building projects they have going on. Um, but I always was really struck this Catholic organization that I was going to, Haiti 180, um, with Sean Forrest. They kind of the same model where it's not about like, we're going to swoop in and fix this for you. It's, we're going to empower you to do it yourself. Um, and like give you the tools and the resources and like it I don't know by building a school that means that people can have the salary of a teacher now Um, there's so many teaching physicians that open up or like um, they just finished their medical clinic so now they need doctors and it's all Haitian doctors now Um, so it's really beautiful I I feel like a lot of beautiful to see them yeah beautiful to see them uh, when they're done like in Nicaragua it really uh, blown me out away um seeing this community come together yeah the church that they have built 
because mm-hmm. they were the one who built it. Yeah, yeah. They were just the instrument who brought them the money, but they were the one doing the hard work. They mm-hmm. were there day and night, and even today, you know, they take turns. They have adoration, um, twenty-four hours. So they're taking turns. The family takes turns. The family takes turns to have the altar with flowers. This is people who don't have money. Yeah. Uh, and they are giving from their little that they have to maintain their church. Wow. It's their church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and I love it. I love that idea. And I love it that the priest in Ghana is also giving the work for the com- to the community. Yeah, yeah. There's something sustainable about it that it's not since the community is so invested in it that they're never, they're going to sh- cherish it and take care of it and kind of continue it. Um, I don't know. It, and that whole like, we're praying in the church that we built with our own hands. It's kind of, it reminds me of um, in kind of the beginning of my college career, I was studying like Eucharistic theology and liturgy. And I was always really fascinated by how in the early church, like the, not so much anymore, we like mass produce our like um, altar bread and hosts and things like that. But how special it must have been to know that like the wheat for the host was grown down the street and like the vineyard is up the street and like it's the true like labor of your own hands that becomes the body and blood of christ you value you value more of what, what yeah. you have when you really work um in mm-hmm. you know i all of my life i i keep uh, i'm being blessed in many ways but i keep asking god you know what are my gifts what am i here for mm-hmm. and i had everything and um looking at these people finally i understood why i was here too you know I was given this privileged position in life yeah. to be able to help them who have not been given. So we are all given something, a gift, a different gift, yeah. uh, but we are given a gift to give to mm-hmm. others, to build something greater um, for God, yeah. you know, for his people, for, because we at the end are just one big family. Um, mm-hmm. We were sent by him the way that Christina said, you know, we were sent here. And he chose where he wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us if we just take charge of um, what he's calling us to do and move and move mm-hmm. the world to do it too, you know, when you have that passion and you like what you're doing. And I'm finally, you know, even in, I found um, happiness in the cross when I was telling you for the first time in my life, I'm doing something mm-hmm. that I really love doing. And I've not been paid for this mm-hmm. monetarily with uh, with a monetary value, but I've been paid with so much love and peace mm-hmm. that I would not change it for anything in the world. It's it's beautiful. Mm, yeah, that's so awesome. And as a young person who hasn't quite like found where I'm supposed to be in the world just yet, I like I look up to that and I long for that. Well, you're doing point. an amazing job already. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it took me many, many years to find out. Um, you were doing an amazing, amazing job uh, for what I've seen for the past years. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. We should wrap up in a few minutes, but I have a, a few other questions. I want to hear about how the concerts started. Um, how did that? That's Father Harrington's idea. Okay. Uh, he's been dreaming. Uh, well, well, he's my spiritual advisor, and I help him a lot with the Holy Family Institution. And he, he have always dreamed of bringing youth mm-hmm. to the faith in a fun way. Um, and he said to me once, you know, I dream of having a concert. And then Christina dies, and he's like, why don't we just do a concert in her memory, in her, mm-hmm. you know, Christina's memory? Build, and let's call it Build a Faith concert. Yeah. So we got together. Like I said, we were together I, I I said you know he was put in the position that he's as a priest 
and I was put in the other position as a lay people to work together. Mm-hmm. And we did the first concert and through Christina's nonprofit, we were able to raise the money to sponsor the concert and keep the, the to, to keep them uh, tickets to a very low price so that everyone could attend it. Um, so that was the first one. And then we went for the second one. Last year was the second one. Beautiful. You know, we had um, 450 people attending, uh, more or less both years. Um, we had three bands, mm-hmm. Catholic bands of yeah. youth people that we want to promote the youth people and help them with their work too. And praise God, praise God through music. And it was beautiful to hear the youth there was actually a youth boy that said to the mom he was complaining in the way to the concert in the way back it's like i cannot even explain what i felt in that concert got to control of me like the holy spirit really came he was so happy and i think we all experienced that you were there i think yeah. we were all experiencing god's power through music mm-hmm. and the lyrics and being there has a family there were um all ages. There were people yes. from all ages. Uh, unfortunately, this year we were not we're not going to be able to do it because of the restriction. We're thinking of doing a virtual mm. concert too. So that's something that we have in the works. Yeah. Um, but one day at a time. Mm-hmm. One day at a time. Hopefully, we can go back to do a live concert next year. I hope so too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, where can people find information about? Where can people buy rosaries? Where can people find information? Yeah, they, the, the rosaries they can buy the, they can buy them online. We have them online. They can buy them online through our website. It's at www.buildthefaith.org, mm-hmm. and there you can also see the work that we do, the churches, the concerts, the retreats. They can sign for the retreats, the blog, mm-hmm. um, and everything that God is calling us to do. Um, that's the easiest way we also sell the roses when we go to the churches but like i said you know at this point we can't mm-hmm. um there's the email too um if they can request a special rosary too you know we can we do that too people want them to be custom made to their desires mm-hmm. we do that too um and everything is through our website you know buildthefaith.org awesome awesome all right i have one last question that's kind of a fun one um, if you could give any advice from what you've learned in this journey to a young person like me um, or someone who's looking to get into kind of um, evangelization or activism or a- anything like that, changing the world for the better, what are some pieces of it? Uh, I think that um, we are all called to change the world for the better and you don't have to go big to change the world. That's the first thing that I would say yeah. you can change the world by just changing somebody next to you mm-hmm. we all are called and I won't go crazy and frustrated if it's not something big the way that Christine ended up creating this nonprofit. I think we all can do it and all can change I would say this follow your instincts when God is talking he's really talking to you as a person with your own gift there are many gifts use your gift for others and trust him the way that Christina trusted him. Uh, she was in pain for five and a half years. And it amazed me that uh, her short age, she, she died when she was 11. And in pain, she was able to say and believe it and leave it and ask God every night, do with my life whatever you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I would say to the kids, you know, young kids, take the cross. You're going to have crosses. Don't be afraid of that cross. But when you get that cross, tell Jesus, 
the way that my daughter did, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm-hmm. I trust that what you're allowing to happen is what it has to happen and that regardless, I'm going to be fine. You know, that w- I would say to these young people listening to us. To not be afraid, to not be afraid of the challenges, to yeah. embrace them, to hug them, to receive them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. It's, I think it's in the cross, you know, he forgave us sins, right? Mm-hmm. And in our cross, we're getting closer to him. We need to go through the cross to really understand what he went for us. We don't even understand that. It's, you know, so in, embrace the cross and trust in him, trust in him. But you do have to use the gift that he gives you. And everyone have a different one. Um, not to be afraid because somebody else is doing something big. You're not, you, you don't have to do something huge. You just have to make a change in someone's life. Mm, yes. Such good advice. All of that was so, so good. Um, I really love what you said, like hug the challenge. Just embrace it with open you arms. You hug the cross. You really have to hug it. Yes. That's when, that's when you say to Jesus, I do trust in you. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not easy, right? It's not easy no. to say it in the cross, but like what I was, I was saying, you know, Christina said it every night and she was in pain. Mm-hmm. She was in pain for five and a half years and she was enjoying life. She was like, everything was beautiful. Like she would say, look at the sky. Like she was really be- happy, like mm-hmm. really happy. And she was in pain. Yeah. And I, I think you can only be happy in the middle of the pain if you trust God. Mm-hmm. You give yourself completely to him nothing nothing takes your peace away Mm -hmm. yes that's so beautiful well it's been so so good to talk to you monica thank Thank you so much olivia it's it's a blessing for us to be in your podcast (laughs) today um to be part of it and uh, may god bless you and guide you and continue with this amazing job that you're doing because you're touching souls many (laughs) souls and uh, we need young people like you to touch souls we need it more than ever Thank you so, so much, Monica, for coming on the podcast and sharing a piece of your heart and a piece of the work of Build the Faith with us. And a big thank you to you all for listening. Build the Faith is just such a special organization. Um, I highly, highly encourage you to check out some of their work. You can find all of their information on buildthefaith.org. You can learn about their retreats, um, their blog. You can buy their rosaries um, and read up and see pictures of the churches that they've built so far. As always, this podcast is a production of the Grexley Podcast Network, and you can find all of the Grexley podcasts, this one and many other awesome ones, on grexley.com. You can also find our Patreon if you feel called to support the cause. Um, That is also on grexley.com, as is our Redbubble merch shop, where you can get some pretty sweet To the Heights and Grexley face masks. Um, And what else? What else? Um... Okay, so I I did a little bit more thinking on this. So I've been saying every podcast episode this season that we are building up to an Ask Olivia episode at the end of this season. Um, Thinking it might be like the 50th episode, a little way to celebrate that we have 50 episodes. But um, I have broadened my horizons a little bit and I think we're going to do the Ask Olivia on anything from this season at all anything social justice related, any questions that came up during any of the episodes, um, anything about sustainability, anything about Laudato Si, um, how to live more sustainably as a Catholic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
Catholic social teaching, whatnot. I've already gotten a ton of really awesome questions, um, so please keep those coming in um, with those kind of broadened horizons, broadened theme in mind. Um, you can email any questions to to the Heights podcast at gmail.com or there's a contact form on Grexley or you can DM us on any social media at to the Heights CTV. Um, you can find me at Olivia Rose Art, Olivia Rose underscore art or oliviarosart.com. Um, if you would like to join me, I have started a new mental health and Catholicism blog, newspaper, magazine, online situation. Um, you can reach out to me for more info, um, or check out the blog at refugecatholic.org. Um, it has been going for a few months and it's been going really well and we are looking for more writers, um, and contributors, even if it's just a one-time contribution. So you can send us things over there as well. I think that is officially all I have to say. Um, have an amazing week. Um, I hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit of Monica's story and Christina's story and just what a beautiful family they are um, and how beauty truly comes from hugging and clinging onto the challenge of the cross. Um, that is all I have. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Until then, keep on reaching to the heights.